This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is Thursday, March 10th, and this is People Every Day. Welcome back, everyone. It's me, Nigel Smith, with you again today. I don't know if you noticed, but there are a ton of romance-related stories buzzing around out there today. We put together a great lineup for you, so let's dive right in. Elon Musk and singer Grimes secretly welcomed a daughter in December. Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce her name correctly, so please forgive me if I get it wrong, but I think it goes by Exodark Sidereal. There you go. This is the second child for the couple as they share a 22-month-old son. The 33-year-old singer revealed their baby girl's birth and the meeting behind the name in the April issue of Vanity Fair. Exa refers to the supercomputing term exaflops because of course it does. Dark represents the unknown or as she explained it, people fear it, but truly it's the absence of photons. Dark matter is the beautiful mystery of our universe. Who isn't afraid of dark matter? And she defines sidereal as the true time of the universe, star time, deep space time, and not our relative earth time. Whew. All that said, the couple nicknamed their daughter Y, which honestly, with a name like that, you almost have to. It has been reported by Grimes herself on her Twitter, amongst other outlets, that she and Elon actually broke up after having their second baby. But on her socials, she says, me and E have broken up again since the writing of this article. Ha 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 but he's my best friend and the love of my life. And my life and art are forever dedicated to the mission now. Despite everything, the family seems to be doing well and we wish them all the best. Before we move on to this story, a little disclaimer for you all. The story deals with domestic violence. Actress Selma Blair was granted a restraining order against former boyfriend Ronald Carlson. In court documents obtained by People on February 22nd, Carlson arrived at Blair's home to return a TV. She had just finished a multiple sclerosis treatment a few minutes prior, which she says left her weak. After they returned their respective keys to one another, Blair told Carlson she wasn't feeling well. That was when Carlson snapped and began verbally assaulting her. He allegedly became so enraged that he physically attacked Blair. She tried to fight back and briefly passed out before the attack continued. Once Carlson left, the 49-year-old actress called the LAPD and was taken to the hospital. Carlson was arrested later for a felony of domestic violence with corporal injuries. This is such a terrifying ordeal, and we truly hope she is doing okay and feels safe in her own home. If you are experiencing domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org. And now, a scandal involving Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. The 79-year-old billionaire bought the team in 1989 and paid just a little over $140 million. 
but it seems like that wasn't his only major payment. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is facing a lawsuit. A woman who claims that he is her father is suing him in court. In a story first reported by the Dallas Morning News, 25-year-old Alexandra Davis is suing Jones, alleging that the football owner paid her mother, Cynthia Davis, hundreds of thousands of dollars in 1996 to conceal that he was the girl's biological father. Cynthia was bound to secrecy by a confidentiality agreement signed when Alexandra was an infant, and it's a secret the mother and daughter duo have carried ever since. In a report by ESPN, Jones denied he was the biological father in settlement documents, but paid Cynthia Davis $375,000 in exchange for confidentiality. At the time, Cynthia was estranged from her husband and struck up a relationship with Jerry Jones. According to documents, genetic testing at the time determined Cynthia's husband was not Alexandra's father. Jones has been married to his wife, former Miss Arkansas, Eugenia Jean Jones, since 1963, with whom he shares three children. A hearing has been scheduled for the end of the month. I may not be a football fan, trust me, I'm not, but I do love a juicy scandal involving rich white men looking foolish. Like I said at the top of the show, today is jam-packed with relationship drama. Now let's get into a story about online dating and the new safety features one major online dating app is rolling out. Ah, the dating scene. Online dating has become such a major part of culture. Before I met and married my partner, Dane, over 11 years ago, I was also on the dating apps available to me at the time. This was long before the days of swiping right and swiping left. My sister also had success online, meeting her husband and father to their gorgeous baby girl, Audrey. Hey, Audrey, on a dating app. We've all heard stories about people's experience in online dating, the good, the bad, and the sometimes creepy. But now there's something new coming from Tinder to help with the bad. They announced yesterday that Tinder users will be able to run background checks on potential dates. This is definitely good news for a lot of reasons. And joining me now to talk about it is People's Melody Chu. Hey, Melody. Hi, Nigel. So good to have you on to talk about this fun topic. <laughs> I honestly think this is such great news. You hear of all these horror stories from people who use online dating. Just look at the Tinder swindler, the Netflix show that has so many people terrified of swiping left or right. So tell me more about the announcement that Tinder made yesterday. They basically said they're going to give users the ability to run background checks on potential dates through something they're calling the Tinder's safety center. And it's basically a partnership between Match Group, which, which is the parent company for Tinder, and then Garbo. It's this nonprofit organization that provides um, background checks at a what they call an affordable cost. At first, I think they said you can get two free ones. And then after that, you can pay a small amount. I think it's like $2.50, which I think is well worth the money to have some, you know, just feel a little safer when you're swiping and all of that or potentially meeting up with someone. Yeah, I could see this becoming very popular with people just not wanting to waste any time with a potential psychopath and just get that out of the way and hopefully go on to the date with, with good vibes. I think there are just also so many secret psychopaths in the world. And so I'm glad this is an option now. For anyone who wants access to this feature right now, starting today, how exactly can they go about accessing it? It's nothing like invasive, but you need the first name and then their phone number, which I think most people do exchange at some point when you're talking on the app, you eventually move over. 
to phone. And the main thing I think they're looking for and, and um, hoping that members will report is if a match has a history of violence, which I just don't think there's any controversy there. Like you want to know if someone has a history of, of crime and arrests and sex abuse, all of that. It doesn't include things like drug possession and smaller crimes, I guess is what you would call it. But yeah, I, I think... Um, there's just this layer of safety. Yeah, about what they exclude for the press release, they state that drug possession, loitering, and vagrancy, which often disproportionately affect traditionally marginalized communities. So that's nice that they put that in there. So let's take a little walk down memory lane. One of the first ever dating sites, I think, was Match.com, and it was founded way back in 1995, which seems like a lifetime ago at this point when it comes to online dating. But cut to today, and it's so crazy to see how many online dating apps there are. You have everything from Tinder, Hinge, Grindr for the gay community. The list goes on to infinity. So as dating apps continue to evolve, do you think that we'll see more of them offer the option to do just this, to offer the background check to make people feel secure and safe? I hope so. And it is crazy how many apps there are now. And there used to be a stigma when it came to online dating. And now it's almost flipped. Like if you're not on dating apps, people are sort of like, well, why not? What's wrong with you? I can't see anything bad coming out of having this extra layer of security and safety. I don't know, sometimes you even go on dates, like three dates with a guy and you think he's great, but then you sort of have that nagging feeling like something isn't right. And then if you could just do a quick search and find out what that red flag feeling is, I think that's great. In addition to these background checks, obviously, you can still do your own background check before meeting with someone, be it on their Instagram or their Facebook or their Twitter or their LinkedIn. So my advice to everyone is obviously check the person out before you meet up with them. (laughs) I know we know everything about a person now before we even go on a first date. (laughs) Or just hire an investigative reporter for your first date. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Go all out. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, you were so awesome in breaking down this fantastic story for us. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day, Melody. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Nigel. For the last week, everyone I know has been talking about Love is Blind, and I couldn't deal with the FOMO. I binged it and finished the reunion episode last night, which is perfect timing because later in the show, we're sitting down with one of the stars, Deep D, and we're going to get into all of the show's crazy twists and turns. But first, the late, great Nora Ephron gave us some of the greatest romantic comedies in film history, and I should know because I am a movies editor. I'm talking When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, you know, the types of comfort movies you can revisit time and time again. And while she was known for serving up some of the greatest rom-coms of all time, did you know she was no stranger to dishing out special brownies to unsuspecting dinner guests? You have to hear Kristen Chenoweth's story after the break. It is hilarious and amazing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So we're back, and we have to get into this Kristen Chenoweth story, Okay. You know the singer and actress from the screen and the stage. She was in the original Broadway cast of Wicked, TV shows like The West Wing and Glee, but one of her first film roles was actually starring alongside Nicole Kidman in Bewitched. Yesterday, Chenoweth told the Keep It podcast how being a singer, she's not really one to drink or smoke or anything of that nature. And she recalled this interaction with Bewitched director Nora Ephron. Nora just thought it would be, just think it's so funny that I'd never tried marijuana. She made chocolate brownies. She's like, look, Kristen, I made chocolate brownies. I was like, thank you. (laughs) And shortly thereafter, Chenoweth started to have a suspicion that something wasn't right. I had like half of it. I was like, it didn't taste right. Next thing I know, I'm under the table. Nicole Kidman is like, do you want me to take you home? I'm like, who are you? Do you like me? Do you like me? Oh my God, that is so funny. (laughs) Imagine being at dinner and seeing tiny, sweet, paranoid Kristen Chenoweth under a table repeatedly asking Nicole Kidman, of all people, do you like me? I mean, a lot of us have been there before, so I guess it's true what they say. Celebrities are just like us. Nora Ephron remains a legend. Rest in peace. There are dating shows, and then there is Netflix's Love is Blind. The worldwide phenomenon recently concluded its second season, which again saw men and women attempting to find their match for life and become engaged without ever actually seeing each other face to face. Some said their I do's after getting to know their other half in the real world, while for others, their relationship ended at the altar. Deep T. Vampati, an information data analyst, took part in the life-changing experiment and emerged as a fan favorite. I am so excited to unpack what her experience on the show was like. So please welcome the fabulous Deep T. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Can you describe to me the feeling of being in the pods and explain to us the environment and what your living conditions were like with all the other women on set? You're kind of in a bubble in the lounge with the girls. And then when you're going into the pods, of course, you're not seeing anyone. And I think what surprised me the most was how, you know, intense it is and how quickly you start to care about people and create such an emotional connection with them. We would arrive on set like probably it's like 7, 8 a.m. We would go through our dates which typically lasted, you know, an hour and a half with uh, the people that you choose. And then you have night dates that are like about three hours long with your person. And then, yeah, and then you go back to your hotel room and then you start again next day. And then, you know, day one, you kind of date like all of the men, like a speed dating style. And then you start to like rank them. And um, based on the ranking systems between the men and the women, they kind of pair you up with who you kind of connected with. You don't go on as many dates with different people people as you do longer dates with the people that you actually find connections with. What's the sensation like of talking to what essentially amounts to a wall and hearing a voice on the other end tell you such personal things about their past and trying to get personal things 
out of you. Probably like day two, day three, you get really comfortable. And sometimes you forget there's cameras there. And you're just like really just, you know, being yourself and like asking the important questions and creating that emotional, strong foundation for yourself. And it kind of is nice when you negate the physicality of things. You tend to not worry about certain things and focus more on just who you are as a person and like what you're looking for in a partner and what kind of characteristics bond you guys. You do say no to Sheikh at the altar, saying quite powerfully, I choose myself. And that resonated with millions of people across the world. What was the moment where you realized that he really wasn't the person for you? Yeah, in Mexico, he kind of started to back off a little or like I, I kind of noticed a change in him. And so, you know, I realized, okay, maybe this isn't going to be just roses and butterflies, you know, throughout the whole thing, like I thought it would be during my reveal. But I really wanted to lean into the experience because I cared about him. And and we started to create a real friendship. We had fun together. But a couple dates before the wedding, I realized, why are we trying to force something that's not there? And do I really even want shake? You know, do I even think that he possesses the characteristics that I'm looking for in a partner or a husband? Like I shouldn't have to force something. And I don't fault shake for not finding me physically attractive or like being or having that chemistry. Like you can't really fault someone for that. You know, if you have a connection, you have a connection. If not, you know, at least we've built a friendship and a bond. So that's really what I wanted to celebrate on my wedding day, especially the date with the massages, you know, when you create such an intimate scene and we still weren't getting there. And I was just like, what am I doing? You know, this isn't it. So yeah, for me, it was kind of an easy decision for me at the altar. I'm curious to flip it. Did you find him physically attracted or did that really not matter to you given what the experiment is actually about? Even during our reveal moment and in Mexico, we had already built such a bond and, you know, I started to care about him already. And so to see him physically, I think it just enhances that feeling for me. And, you know, Shake is not the physical type that I normally go for. I had reservations also. It's not like it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so confident in this, that this is going to be it. But I think when I tend to start to care about somebody, I see them differently physically. I, I knew that like if he reciprocated the, that same type of energy to me, that there was potential for us to say yes, both of us at the altar. But because he never saw that, I could never reciprocate that back to him. We have to unpack this insane reunion episode. It was very uncomfortable to watch. Lots happened. How much time had gone by before the reunion? And do you think the opinion of Sheikh shifted uh, within everyone there before the taping? Or were people already kind of at odds with the way that he was treating you? After filming had wrapped, that was back in June of last year. And Reunion just had filmed about a month ago. So a lot of time has passed. We tried to stay friends. I was just seeing more of his true character. And like, I know, and it's fine. He can be himself and, you know, that he has you know, every right to do whatever he wants to do. And so that's why I kind of distanced myself. And a lot of the other castmates did as well, because, you know, every time we would hang out, he would always have some sort of issue with somebody. And so at reunion, when he was kind of interjecting in other people's relationships, he just didn't have any room to speak on it, I think. And yeah, we can all have opinions, but let's just keep them to ourselves and let people figure it out for themselves, right? One of my favorite moments in the reunion was involving you and Kyle, something I didn't see coming. What is the current status of you and Kyle? And I'm dying to know also if anyone has been sliding into your DMs. <laughs> oh man, they can't physically air every, every you know, 
thing on on the show but Kyle was my number two person so I was really struggling to pick between Shake and Kyle so for me that didn't come out of it nowhere um you know he's my best friend honestly and this entire experience has been difficult for me and you know just seeing it all unfold and he's really been my rock and my support system through it all and in terms of people sliding into my DMs, I, I have been getting a lot of messages, mostly from like professional overseas players, which has been kind of interesting. They're shooting their shot and I, I I'm here for it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, Deep T. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and watching your journey unfold on the show. Today has been a very relationship-heavy show with plenty of drama and love to keep you entertained and informed. If there's one thing I know to make any relationship work, you need to be true to yourself. And someone who has no problem being themselves is a friend of the show, Oliver Hudson. He was very open about moving back in with his parents for a few months, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And if you haven't seen him singing in that Instagram video he posted yesterday, you, my friend, are missing out. The actor was really feeling himself as he put on his shoes and playfully sang Michael Jackson's The Girl Is Mine. It's just so silly and so fun, and it's something to make you smile. Cause I love you endlessly. You know what? He actually sounds pretty good. The man is nothing if not confident, and confidence is sexy. Friends, thank you so much for letting me keep the seat warm for Janine. Seriously, I have had so much fun filling in, but tomorrow, happy to report Janine is back from vacation and she will be here to send you all off into the weekend with the latest news and stories on our Friday episode of People Every Day. 